0: This is Melissa Hale-Spencer, the editor at the Altamont Enterprise, and today we're talking with Nan Stoltenberg, who's a very well-known local planner, and we're hoping to find out about Nan and about plans. So welcome. Thank you. And if we could just start with talking a little about you, um, where you grew up, how you became a planner.
1: Sure. Um, Well, um, I grew up in central New York in Auburn, which is a small, mid-sized city, um, and uh, I've been in the capital region. We live over in Skahari County. My husband and I have a dairy farm, and we've been here 33 years. Uh, it's a family dairy farm that uh, when we finished our graduate work, he decided to come back to the dairy farm, so that's how I ended up back in this region. not back in this region, in this this region. region. Um, but I'm kind of on my second career. I started off uh, as a wildlife biologist and I worked for a number of years with the National Audubon Society in their New York state office. And then I worked for Cornell Cooperative Extension. And, um, about 1992 or three or so, I was, uh, kind of, uh, unsatisfied with where I was heading, and I decided to go back to graduate school and just take a course for fun, and I took an environmental planning course because my background was in environmental work, and so I took an environmental planning course and fell in love with it, found my niche, went back to get a second master's degree in regional planning, and I hung out my shingle as a consultant, and I've been doing it for 23, 24
0: years. What a great story. I didn't know all those things about you. That <laughs> yeah. You're on a working farm, so mm-hmm. you've got that whole yep. perspective. And then I sense there was a lot of environmental knowledge, not just because of the name of your company, but because of the things I've seen you do with planning. But I didn't know about that right. whole documentation of expertise. So why you said it was fun, this course you took just for fun. What what about <laughs> planning is fun? What keeps you at it for 25 years? Why?
1: Um, because I'm trying to make a difference. I, I'm very committed to um, the environment and environmental protection, but also to our communities. And I feel like what really, what made me <coughs> fall in love with planning was that I was, where's my work before was kind of, you know, at a distance, and this is hands-on working with people, working in communities where the decisions are made that impact our communities and our landscapes, and that was really really where I felt like I could, I felt like I was making a difference.
0: Yeah, I think you are, judging <laughs> by the communities we've covered over the years. Well, we so tell me about your firm itself. Um, the name of it is Community Planning and Environmental Associates, and I now see why the environmental is so important. Right. And I always knew the community was important, but you, um, you, you keep it small on purpose. Tell me a little about the philosophy there.
1: Right. Well, um, I have had opportunities over the years to expand and put on staff and, and grow bigger, but I like doing the work Um, I like interacting with the people in the community and I really didn't want to be a manager. I really wanted to keep my fingers in the project and and really um, you can kind of think of it as maybe a a control freak only in a positive way. I really (laughs) wanted to go to the meetings and get to know the people in the community and I felt that because my... My interests lie with small and rural communities or small communities that have rural areas around them um, that I, I needed to and wanted to be um, part of that instead of just assigning, you know, and in some of the big firms, the, the tasks get assigned to other planners or other staff that actually do the work. And I felt that I'm, I'm going to small communities. I understand I think I understand a lot of people that live in small places and I wanted to be approachable. I wanted it to be um, a collaborative approach and I wanted to be the one when they had a question, I answered the phone. I did the research. I found the answers so that they we could build that trust because I really felt that that's the way in the end when, when they're deliberating the issues that the community faces, um, there needs to be mutual respect and trust that we're all working together for whatever the goals are of the community. So that was the model that I started and stuck with. And so the community planning and environmental associates part comes from, um, the, over the years I have made a lot of connections with other professionals, some big firms, some small firms. And so I put together a team based on the needs of the community. So if I need uh, an economic development person or if I need an attorney or if I need an engineer, um, I have a team of associates that we work
0: together as needed. So you have the strengths of a big firm because you can draw on the expertise, but the strengths of a small firm because you're right there and exactly. people get to know you. Yep, exactly. That's great. Yep. So um, what kind of tools do you use in doing your work? Um... Well,
1: uh, some of the tools are not, you know, like technology. It's sitting and listening to what people are saying, um, having an open mind to um, think out of the box. So those are, so I use a lot of um, public participation and facilitation skills um, in terms of Hardcore tools. The basic tool that uh, that we use in the kind of planning work that we do is uh, GIS or Geographic Information System, which is um, computerized mapping. But it's it's much more than mapping. Basically, it it takes anything that can be mapped, and it allows you to. Um, Make dif- like think of like a sandwich. Like each layer of the sandwich, <clears throat> excuse me, is a different layer. of Something about the community that you can map, <clears throat> and when you put those layers all together, you can see the inner relationships and the um, the uh, effects of how um, zoning uh, and environmental features relate or don't relate or how, um, traffic patterns are impacting something. So that's the big, we use that that's just integrated into everything we do is the GIS. And, and I like to think about, cause it, why I like this so much is because planning, at least how I approach it really integrates, um, ecology. And so we look at the whole and you see how every piece Interacts with every other piece, which is
0: really what ecology is all about. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, one of the things you mentioned, uh, you'd use the word facilitator, and I'm wondering if you often find yourself in the middle of controversies. I know you've just started recently with Voorheesville, mm-hmm. and I had covered the lead-up to their decision to do a master plan, and there were packed halls. There were two issues. One was St. Matthew's Church had wanted to do uh, an apartment complex, and people felt, some people felt, um, cut out of the process, and like they didn't know this was happening and were upset. And then the other was a Stewart's shop that they wanted to build where the old Smitties was and people were also (laughs) and this is when the village board wisely in my opinion decided it was time to map out some kind of a plan that everybody agreed on and do you find yourself often getting in the middle of kind of hot water situations and how like how do you calm people down and get different factions to uh, coalesce around a plan
1: um short answer is yes all the time. Okay. <laughs> every every community has issues that there are controversies over. Um planning is really a balance and it's trying to find a way forward that that everyone can can uh embrace. Um even if it's embracing a little bit of it. Um it's there's a lot of politics in planning. There's a lot of emotions um, we're dealing with, you know, people's backyards and it's very personal, um, and people get very upset about from one side or the other. Um, and I think where planning comes in is, um, cause we start is basically a comprehensive plan, at least is a grassroots, um, process. It's listening to what people have to say. It's looking at the resources and the data and the trends in the community and saying, this is where you're at. These are the the environmental features. These are the community resource features. This is how the community feels. And working with the public through their involvement in the process is to develop um, a vision for the community and a set of goals. And, I think that's a critical piece. You know, a lot of people, oh, vision statements like motherhood and apple pie, you know, like everyone can agree with it. But I think it's really important for a community to come to its own conclusions about what it wants to see for itself. Because it's from that point that you find most of the places you go, there's a common vision. Even when there's a controversy, there's a common vision. Ultimately, the big pie in the sky what people want for their community. And so you have to start with starting you have to start with that common shared set of values. And then listen and learn what are the positives, what are the negatives? Are there ways that you can come up with um, compromises or techniques that can alleviate the fears of some people? and still meet the goals of whatever the project or the program might be. So it's, um, it's, it starts with fact-finding and listening and mapping and learning and um, having a solid base of what you want and getting people together talking. You cannot do this unless people sit around a table and talk.
0: That's just a great description on how so many problems should be solved besides just planning. The idea of a vision, the idea of the grassroots talking, I love it. Well, one thing that's always intrigued me in the years I've lived here is here we are in Altamont. It's a railroad village that was formed about the same time as the railroad village in neighboring Voorheesville. And yet Altamont has always uh, sort of had homes that, have been very well maintained in a lot of, they're very expensive homes. And Voorheesville in New Scotland, the wealth has developed around it, but the village center, not as many homes are restored. They're not as, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's not where the wealth is in that larger community. Is there like a reason why different villages or places Kind of develop differently like that. It's that's really complex. And if I had
1: the answer, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be set. I yeah. struggle with that. Yeah. That's you know, it's. Um, I mean, there are reasons. Um, part of it comes down to school districts. Mm-hmm. Some of them come down to transportation corridors. How easy is the community to get to? Do you, you have to go through it? Do you go around it? Is it a destination? Um, part of it is kind of this intangible feel of the community what are the community attitudes what are how do you feel when you go to that community is it a friendly place do you feel comfortable there there's so there's a lot of tangible and intangible things about a community that makes it uh, makes it grow or not grow so I think that's a very that's a very complex um, situation you can look at some of the Uh, communities in Columbia County like Valacia and Kinderhook that kind of had a long history of one place was where the workers lived and one place was where the business owners lived. And it's a whole set of economy and attitudes and layout that results in different places. Those is a very complex question. Yeah. I don't think I can give you no, a specific answer. No, that's fine. I,
0: you got to some of it. and Another thing, though, I, what I'm hearing is each place is unique in your mind and you work with people to fit their own visions, but I wonder if at the same time there are any overarching truths about rural communities today, things that would apply kind of across the board. What I'm thinking of is I know in Knox um, you were saying planning is political (laughs) and and the uh, election cycle before this there was a lot of rhetoric about how it's the fault of the zoning and the master plan that there isn't more um, business in Knox but yet you look around all the rural towns in the hill towns and in the middle of the 1800s they were booming places with mills and blacksmith shops and now there really isn't any or a lot of business in any of them so i just wonder if there are sort of general things you could share with us about rural communities today
1: there's a lot of commonality everyone is struggling with many of the same community or the same issues so even though we start with learning about what's unique and what are the unique issues in that community? Yeah, there's there's things that every community is dealing with, and, and those range from, uh, in upstate New York at least, that ranges from lack of economic development, um, lack of infrastructure that is connected to economic development. If you don't have water and sewer, that influences where development goes. Um, declining enrollment in schools. um, lack of um, recreational facilities, although we're we're doing better with that in terms of trails and and other um, family oriented kind of things. so and there's a lot of um, economic similarities, um, lack of services, lack of public transportation. I mean, the list goes on that many, many, many places share. so, um, Yes, that, that I'm, I'm usually not surprised to hear the issues that come mm-hmm. out of the community. But I, trev- I, never, I try and never pre-assume what those issues are, even though when I hear them through the process, I'm, I'm not always surprised that that's the issue. Um, we had a focus group in Voorheesville this week with um, the cultural, educational, and recreational organizations. And it was a wonderful meeting. We had 12 or 15 organizations represented, and I think what came out of that was they were surprised at what was going on, and one group didn't know what the other group was really doing. Oh, and, my goodness. And it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, everywhere I go, there's one hand doing one thing and another hand doing the other, another thing mm-hmm. that's almost the same thing. Not that that happened there, but it was a wonderful sharing of information and... Mm-hmm. Um, sense of building a sense of community um, going to your other point about like zoning is the you know the cause of all of the ills um, I, do, I don't believe that right uh, yeah, I, I mean, don't that believe... it
0: doesn't seem realistic yeah. they wouldn't all be the be- same no like because we many... only had a business district well we had business. no because many
1: many communities <clears throat> don't have zoning at all and mm. they have the same issues yeah. uh, I think it goes beyond certainly zoning if it's bad zoning can put challenges and difficulties, um, up for a business that wants to come in. Um, but I think it's the, the, the lack of economic development in an area, it goes far beyond what the zoning says. And in fact, I might say in many communities, if it's done right, the zoning actually benefits the, the economic development because it provides that stable, Direction So that if someone's coming into a community and the zoning is favorable for a business development, for instance, um, they have confidence that, that their investment is not going to be altered by something else that could come in next to them and completely change it. Um, so I think that there's a lot of confidence that if it's done right and it matches the community... Uh, it, it, can, it can promote and, and certainly support uh, business development. I mean, some communities do have such strict zoning that it, 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 it is an impediment. Mm-hmm. But I don't think many communities really want to do that. They, they want to. Um, I think what it is is the community should expect uh, certain performance out of any kind of development in their community. And they should articulate what that expectation is. And if someone thinks they can make a go of it in the community and they can meet those expectations, they should be welcomed
0: in. Sounds good. Well, you're working now with Knox again, is that correct? After the first time, which was 20-odd years ago, is that like a normal cycle to update a plan how often? And if you go back to the same community, do you find... Changes in their expectations or visions from, you know, how often should one re-look at the big plan? Right. And what have you found if you've done it, like with Knox, a second time?
1: Yeah, um, well, 20 years is, is, Happens all the time, but we usually recommend five to seven years of re-looking. Oh, wow. Yeah, and certainly at 10 years when the new census comes out Mm -hmm. to update and see are there any kind of trends or issues that have come up in those 10 years. A comprehensive plan is supposed to be or should be a living document. Mm -hmm. It should move with the community. So if something happens in the community, you don't have to wait five years or 10 years or 20 years to update it. You should evaluate that event, whatever it was that happened, and and reevaluate things and change it so that it still meets the community's needs. Um, In terms of going back and revisiting a plan, I have found that there's very little change in the values, the vision, and the goals of a community. Very little. Every once in a while, like now, um, there's more interest in renewable energy, which 20 years ago wasn't really on the horizon. Mm-hmm. There's more concern about um, now we see climate, a lot of communities are interested in climate change and how they can address it or if they can address it. That's a new issue. Wind and solar facilities kind of cropped up. But the broad overwhelming values of a community, I haven't seen much change in at all.
0: Oh, isn't that interesting? So, whatever it is that perpetuates the sense of a community knowing what it is gets just passed along from one generation to another. I would think. I think of America as so mobile now. and maybe it's not that, you know, that it would change as people change. Well, uh, I think
1: people do change, but like people who move to a small community or a rural community have chosen that place for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: And so those reasons don't change a lot, so it's a chicken or egg thing. they come there because it's a certain way, and then they like it that way right yeah, right. yeah I mean, and you know and
1: there there's certainly communities that have seen a lot of growth and a lot of change. You go up the north way towards Saratoga, and a lot of those communities are very different than they were twenty years ago mm-hmm. um so it, you know but in in the communities around here, I think that you go back to. Knox's first plan and and burns first plan and you'll see many of the same hopes and desires
0: hmm. well you mentioned climate change is there anything planning can do for climate change I mean well there there are okay
1: um, and the um, you might, if you have a chance, you can go on to DEC's website and look at their um, climate change programs. Mm-hmm. They have a, a whole program that communities can kind of take the climate, uh, I forget if they call it the climate, smart climate. I'm not going to miss the logo that they use. But basically you kind of commit to working on um, the things that you can work on at locally. Planning from a a development point of view, when you spread a development, let's say a big residential housing development across the landscape, and you don't pay attention to um, the environmental consequences of that, um, you can do a much better job of developing that. Like having walkable communities. Walkable, um, having you. Having the open space that's preserved, um, that's meaningful open space that preserves the ecological functioning of the area. Um, So there's a lot of uh, physical siting things that help the environment, that maintain open space, that maintain trees, that maintain natural flows of rivers and things like that. Um, There's a lot of renewable energy uh, programs. A lot of communities are uh, looking into solar they're looking into smart buildings, uh, LEED certified buildings that use green products and are built um, with energy efficiency in mind. So are they big you know, national policies on climate change? No, but little
0: by little, they all make a difference. So this I was going to get to, and now we're right in it. Your environmental expertise and how that feeds into what you do with planning for communities, but there you've just kind of given me a thumbnail sketch uh, yeah, of that. But are there yeah. other things the community should be aware of when they're planning for the environment at large?
1: Um, um, well, there's a ton of things. Um, there's, and that's where the the planning process that identifies what those environmental features are in the community and help plan around them, looking at where the wetlands are, uh, where um, steep slopes are, where um, vernal pools are. That's uh, kind of under the radar. It's, what's a, a, what's oh, a vernal, vernal pool, pool is <laughs> a small, temporary wetland that forms in the spring in the woods. They're generally wooded. And they're where... Um, all of not all, but where an awful lot of our amphibians and reptiles breed, mm-hmm. and then they breed in these small temporary pools, and then over the summer they dry up, and you know it's you wouldn't notice it, but we have um, uh, there's it's a one of those under the radar issues that um, you I rarely see a, a zoning law or a subdivision law that says. Are there any vernal pools in this woodland that you're about to build on? I hadn't even heard the phrase right. well so there's all those little things yeah. that come up that may again make a little cumulatively make a big difference when they're thought of um, and planned around. And so if if you can identify these things before you build and be sensitive to it, I'm a hundred percent firmly convinced that there's ways of having the development that the developer wants. Um, that works with all of these other features if you pay attention to them. So there's there's a there's a lot. Yeah.
0: Well, I wonder, having been at this as long as you have, if you get this sense of satisfaction when you drive through some of these communities you've worked with. I mean, can you physically see your work? (laughs) No. um this in, is planned in such a way so that's why this grew like it did. Well, in some places, sure. Like what t- tell us about one of those places that makes you feel proud about what you did. Well, I I
1: guess on a more basic level, um it's not again, it's a more intangible effect. There are a lot of communities that doing the plan is the hard is the easiest part. The hardest part is implementing the plan, finding mm. the the expertise and the energy and the money to put in place some of these plans. Um, but I feel that by having a plan, that it, it builds a sense of community. So I'm proud that when I leave, even if the plan sits on the shelf, um, I'm, I'm proud that we have brought the community together to have those discussions. Um, but, um, the village of Kinderhook has had um, some residential development that has followed um, the, the things that came out of their comprehensive plan. Um, some of the uh, communities that have adopted various design standards for commercial buildings are getting um, getting new development that fits in to the community better. They're designed in a certain way or sited on the parcel in a certain way to function um, the, uh, town of Athens has had some development along, uh, one of their routes that has done a better job of fitting in. Um, so I think that, you know, those are definitely, uh, I feel good about those. There's a lot of small communities that haven't seen a lot of growth. So they haven't had the chance to put these things into practice yet because they haven't had that major subdivision or that major development come. So they haven't tested it yet. But it's in place and ready to go if
0: they need it. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on the half hour, so I guess we should wrap up. But are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave people with about yourself or your business or planning in general? I sometimes miss the most important oh, question. Well,
1: not necessarily about myself. Um, I, I think my message would be is our communities are what we make them. And people have to get involved. And, and I worry a lot about when I first started, uh, in the 1990s, when we would have a, a community meeting to do visioning, we'd get 70, 80 people. Sometimes we would do them two or three times to get all the people who wanted to participate. Now we get 20.
0: Oh 25 gosh. people
1: that come. And I see this across, uh, across all sorts of different kinds of Why? Community.
0: Why is that? Because,
1: pe- I don't know, I, people are busy, they're involved in their own lives, they're, I, I have felt that there's been kind of a, a diminishing of sense of togetherness and community. Well, uh,
0: we notice that at the newspaper. I mean, the attendance at church is down. Yeah. All the social groups that we used to have notices in for, from the Elks and the Kiwanis, all their membership is down. Right. Does it have to do with people spending time on screens instead of? Well, that might be piece. part of it. I just yeah.
1: people are busy and families that have kids. I mean, i I'm, I'm one of them. Their kids are into. Mm-hmm. 50 million different things, and they're going into all sorts of different directions. But I worry about that because I really feel that the success of a community comes from that sense of purpose and that sense of togetherness. And I think that with, with that, communities can solve their problems a lot better. So I really think that when people say, well, we need a million dollars to do this, or we need, you know, we need an investment to, to do that, that's absolutely true, but we need we need sense of community, a sense of purpose and leadership to make those things happen. So that's the message that I would, would say is uh, get to know your neighbors, get to know what's going on in the community, come to town or village board meetings, learn about what, whether they have a plan or not and what it says, and uh, try and be part of it.
0: Well I I think that's a great message to end on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you You're very welcome. much.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.